Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's introduce our next guest, Bryce, because this Good. is a man who we had in a couple of weeks ago and the temper text machine loved him. There were people texting him saying, get him back on. We love to talk to him. And what's better than one cricket guest? You. It's two. So his name is Adam Crossway. He wicket kept for South Australia and Victoria. He's in the studio. Welcome, Adam. Thank you, mate. Hey, Crossy. Nice, nice to come back. Good to have Crossy. you. Good to have you, Crossy. Now, I was flicking through my TikTok last night, Crossy. And a video came up that I found fascinating. Let's have a listen to Glenn Maxwell on a podcast you did with him. That I want you to talk about what he says. Saw the breakdown the, the following day, and I think my I think I think my fifty was off twenty seven. That's not in the top six or seven, or maybe ten fastest fifties I've had in my career. Um, it actually felt like I was giving myself some time. Yeah, the last twenty of that fifty, I, I, I sped up a little bit, and I found found the ropes a bit, but it was only once I put enough pressure on the opposition that they knew that I was controlling the strike and they were trying to find a way to get me up the other end that they just sort of struggled to sort of contain and people will sort of say that, oh, well, he got given those full tosses. Yeah, but I created those full tosses by hitting the good balls for boundaries and putting the bowler under a certain amount of pressure where you, you hit their good balls for boundaries and all of a sudden they, they think, well, where to next? And they, they their head gets muddled, they can't execute under pressure and um, that's how, how you end up getting loose deliveries that you can score off. You played state cricket, Bryce. You played for Australia. Sorry, you played for Australia. You played state cricket, Bryce. Bryce played for Australia. Crossy <laughs> played state cricket. This is what happens when there's too much cricket in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> but you must listen to Glenn Maxwell on something like that, on Catch Max, and still be learning, Crossy. Yeah, 100%. And I think the way that you just heard, the way he thinks about the game and what he, how he constructs it, it's already done. Before the ball comes down, he already knows what he's doing. He already knows what they're doing. Um, because he's just put so much time and effort into it. He's just, he's a step ahead of the game. And I think the best players in the world always are. Mm. It's fascinating, isn't it, Bryce? Great insight. And that, that's where I learned so much about spin bowling is by sitting around and talking to the batters. And the batters at that level, Maxi, and then obviously we had Cameron White, you know, he captain Australia in, in T20 and uh, one day cricket. He's, their minds are just at another level. So what would be difficult? Andrew McDonald sitting with him as a teammate saying, well, what would be difficult here? Would it be this? Would it be that? And they go, well, I'd hate it if you did this. Okay, well, let's go and do that. That's mm. our plan. So Talking to the batters helped me learn so much more. And Glenn Maxwell's grown up in that environment, but he's then taken that, I think, to another level, which is the ultra-aggressive uh, standard which he plays at, which um, there are very, very few peers at that level. Yeah, and he, and he talks about that. He talks about how he's just a – he calls it a nuffy of cricket and he just loves watching it. But he talks about when he came into the system, it was almost frowned upon to be that sort of loving of the game. But he, he just loves it. He's always been that unapologetic – uh, guy in that regard and he's just he's nailed it and you can't get in front of him because he's got 
he's three steps in front of you before you've even turned around at the top of your mark. He's playing chess with you. Yeah. And you don't know you're about to walk into a bear <laughs> trap, but sure enough it is. And as simple as he put it, I can score off their good ball. Then what are they going to do? They're going to bowl me junk and I'm really going to cash in then. Yeah, yeah. I, I sometimes look at Glenn Maxwell and I think right now he's in the sweet spot because he still f- has the physical attributes to perform at the highest level. And Australian cricket is used to him. We're almost, we are now willing to take the bad because there's so much good. Whereas 10 years ago, I reckon there was a bit of, oh, is he really worth it? But Glenn Maxwell now is in this sweet spot where you just hope it lasts forever. It won't, but hopefully he gets another two, two to three years at the top level. And Glenn Maxwell now is probably an underpaid IPL player. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What about the numbers last night? Can we go through that quickly? They were absolutely unbelievable, weren't they? Mitchell Stark, $4.42 million dollars to the Kolkata Knight Riders. Pat Cummins, 3.66 to the Sunrisers Hyderabad. Even Spencer Johnson, who the average cricket fan probably hasn't heard of, 1.78 million um, to the Titans. What did we make of that? Well, Spencer Johnson's just a, a younger Mitchell Stark. Like, he's left arm fast, bowls with serious heat. Moves it. Uh, moves it. West Torrens boy from Adelaide, and he's... He's a serious bowler and will be around for Australian cricket and IPL cricket forever. Well, it just identifies what they're looking for. Bowling will win your titles. The batting, Steve Smith got passed. You know, yeah. they, although he set his price high, I get it, but uh, he got passed on. So it's not that they want something that other teams don't, and that is these top end left arm moving the ball. People that can do that and move the ball, um, they're the ones you want. And a guy who executes like Pat Cummins, he yeah. hasn't bowled a bare ball for a decade. Yeah. So, you know, he's just phenomenal. So, of course, they want him in their team. Yeah, that, that left arm swing to really cramp up the right-handers, especially in India, it's just worth its weight in gold. That and wrist spin, um, that's why you see a lot of these guys. Adam Zampa is always one that I've always thought in the IPL he's been Yeah, why has he not been under? He's always been unders for mine. He, he's such a good player and, and he's so good over there. As well. I think the mindset of the Indians is that, Look, we've got that covered. We, yeah. We've got spin in our local. We don't want to spend it on an international. We need something They're quite completely different. Do you think a tall left armor? They're just not around the world. They're no. just not. And so that's why these two have gone for such epic numbers. Uh, can we have a BBL audit, please? I know it's very early in the in the Big Bash season. And last night, the Sydney Thunder made seven for two hundred. Cam Bancroft made runs seventy four from fifty four. Bryce they lost to the Adelaide Strikers four for two hundred five. And response with two balls remaining. Matt Short. 82 from 41 balls. My question to both of you is behind Warner, Mitch Marsh, and Travis Head, is Matt Short the next cab off the rank in T20 short form top order batting? Yeah, I think he is. And I think he will be in one day cricket as well, post World Cup. I think he's got to come in. He's had such a great 12 to 18 months. I I think he's got to be a lock for that Australian side moving towards the next World Cup. Can he bat middle order though? Can you get him in another way or does he have to bat top three, Bryce? No, I think he's adaptable. Um, I think he's best suited at the top of the order. As a, and that's the problem with the, our national T20 side for a long time. They, they can all open the batting. They've all scored prolific runs it's opening the batting. It's an issue, though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but you've got to have you've got to have role players, guys that can um, accelerate at the end, guys that can score boundaries right from the very first ball. And we saw that last night with Hose, who came in and uh, yeah. was just able to do it. Like he he ramped, and they they didn't change the field, and he went, "Well, I'll try and hit you over down the ground." He missed that, and went, "Okay, I'll just keep ramping you." Yeah. You find legs up. Like if you're not going to change it, I'll keep. I'll just keep um, getting you with the same poison. And he did. Um, last night's game was excellent. Um, every year at the start of the Big Bash, in the transformation of these players moving, and largely the domestic players with a few internationals, they move from A form of the game into T20, and it's always a bit rusty. Mm. It's rusty. Now they're starting to get their mojo going. They've trained at it now for more than a week. 
Um, generally, they'll play two practice games and they're into their first game and they're, they're all over. They're all at sea. But they're getting there now. The games will start improving. Around Christmas time, New Year, it's going to be much, much better standard. So Hody's made 28 off nine deliveries. That was unbelievable. Almost exclusively from ramps and even one amazing reverse ramp as well. Why do they not have a third man and a fine league in place? Good question. Uh, Chris Green, I think, is a very good captain, and, he, and he's shown that over years, but I think he got it wrong last night. I really do. I, I just don't think he can let – you had to make him hit over mid-off, down the ground, but he just kept going to that short side. And then if you keep third man fine leg up, the guys these days, they don't care. that They'll hit it yeah. wherever they want. And is the Adelaide Oval the best BBL venue, Bryce? It was fun to play there for a little yeah. bit uh, early on uh, with Crossy uh, in the in the BBL one. Um, it was fun. The fun part of that was that uh, generally when you go there as a Victorian, you're absolutely hated, and you, they are the worst supporters. Yeah. Um, they really give it to you. But having them on the side with their blue wigs on was very very exciting for one season. But uh, it is, it's great. They go there, they turn up. It's it, the location's unreal. They come from the city. They walk down. It, it's just perfect. The conditions are good. Adelaide as well, got it right. Yeah, a flat wicket. Short square boundaries, yeah. so you feel like you can always slog one over mid wicket. So, yeah, it's a beautiful place to play. High scoring, two hundred. It's awesome. Yeah, it's what you want in a BBL game, isn't it? Yeah, Adelaide are going to be chasing big scores, so their bowling is thin. Without Rashid Khan, they are thin and they can't control the middle overs. So. It, it, they will probably win the toss, bowl first. Okay, we need to chase it down. They're batting. They've still got depth in their batting. Overton strikes at 190. He wasn't even used last night. They've got batting depth. So they can just keep going and going and going. They'll they'll be chasing some big totals. So they'll be chasing a 220 or 230 yeah, at wow. some point. The one that I thought they missed a trick last night was they left out Thornton. They played Overton. They played Payne. But they left out Thornton, who's probably one of the guys that's got serious T20 wheels. Got but eight, early wickets yeah, as well. Early wickets. It can really put you on the back foot. I've, I think they've still got that up their sleeve. Wes Agar's got some decent slower balls that he just didn't execute last night. So uh, I think Adelaide will be a uh, – I agree that they're a bit lacking on their bowling. But So can they win a title with a bowling attack that is mediocre? No. No. They, I mean, they can chase runs, but that, to do it against the best teams – they might be chasing 240 one day, Bryce, based on what Try you're chasing saying. chasing that against the um, Scorchers. Yeah, that's right. The, well, the Scorchers that's an international favorites. level standard bowling attack. A question without notice for both of you. Do we think Cam Bancroft and David Warner are going to open the batting for the Sydney Thunder together? They haven't played together since 2019. I just reckon that there's more to play out here. I'm not sure that they're necessarily going to be uh, as happy as what we might think they might be. David Warner coming back into the Sydney Thunder when there's other T20 riches across all, ar- all around the world. And Cameron Bancroft is making some runs there. Is this potentially an issue that the Sydney Thunder need to deal with? Bearing in mind, we had the Sydney Thunder coach on a couple of weeks ago, and he was non-committal on this issue. Oh, we hope to get David Warner back, but there was no rock-solid Warners coming back. He's playing with the Sydney Thunder. Yeah, I think it's up in the air what he does post post Sydney. Does he go to the ILT? Does he yep. does he even play in the Big Bash? And this is where this money situation that we're seeing in coming into the BBL really going to flare its head up. If we start losing blokes like David Warner to um, Abu Dhabi and ILT T20 in South Africa, then the BBL has some issues. Yeah, and who can blame him, really? He wanted to be the Sydney Thunder captain. They made it and jumped through about 15 different hoops to get there. Trevor Bayliss was the Sydney Thunder coach. His name escaped me. And he he was very – well, he was straight bat on that issue, which just made me think that there's more to to play out on the David Warner, Cam Bancroft um, situation. Some macro issues. Has the BBL lost its way? If so, why? Why not? Uh, 
One of the things you absolutely need in the Big Bash is you need your best Australian players playing. We don't have that because it crosses over test matches. It's impacted it since uh, BBL1, and we're still um, feeding the same challenge. If you can get, and just in a little window, even if it's two weeks and there's a stack full of games, double headers, pack them in mm. so that those best players are available, um, it, it, it rejuvenates everyone's interest in the Big Bash. I agree. And I think it's just lost because it's the star power is not there from the internationals. They're, they're being, they're making more money overseas. And until that money can come into Australia, the only way I see that happening is privatization of these teams. But mm. um, Cricket Australia don't like that idea. And either of the States, I believe. Yeah. Not at the moment they don't, but if they have to, they'll, they'll need to. We don't want to see 13,000 people go to the MCG for, for a BBL game. You want it to have 30 or 40,000 people there. In an ideal world, that amazing uh, Stars Renegades game when they got what they 80 got eighty thousand mm. people at the game like that's Carlton Collingwood stuff. That, <laughs> yeah. that, that's that's what you want your domestic cricket to be, and if you can get that, you're a chance. All you need to do, I say, uh, I say it as if it's easy. I know it's not easy. The scheduling issues with the ICC and the Future Tours program, but what they need to do is block out Test cricket from the end of the Sydney Test until February one. No Test cricket for Australia in that three week block. That's all it is, and then all your players can play BBL. And it actually helps your own product. Surely that's what you want. Yeah, I think so. And I think um, the, the Shield cricket aligning more with your test matches as well, because there's Shield cricket at the end of the series, uh, end of the year, that fundamentally leads uh, kind of nowhere. But look, it's not easy. And uh, Peter Roach, it's not easy, mate. No. I know that. <laughs> I know it's not easy. But if there is that window available, as you say, that January window when the Australian players are there. Bring it on. Maybe playing test matches in the window, and I know I've said it a few times since we've been here, use the winter window, use the August, September up north, and enable those series yep. against West Indies to be played there. The ones that aren't really going to get the the tails on seats, uh, they'll go to the Gabba, and the Gabba will be empty, and the West Indies are playing, and, well, so what? You yeah. know, why, not, why not play that uh, up at Mackay, and people will travel up in August and, and see that and have that type of Growth festival, well. have that yeah. kind of festival-type scenario at Darwin as well. There's unbelievable facilities up there. We should use them in the wintertime. A couple of quick questions. We've got about just less than a minute before we've got to take a quick break. Does the bish, does the big bash draft work? Why why not? No, for mine. No, I, I don't think it works, and I think you're paying internationals more than you're playing paying your locals, which is hurting the locals. Bryce, I, I agree with that. Yeah. And uh, that the internationals, you don't know whether they're available to come or not. That's an issue. You don't want to pick oh. one and then to lose Harry Brook. It's an Dreadful. absolute nightmare. And is the timing of the WBBL window right? Do you think? I disagree with that. I think they should do what the hundred have done. I think the hundred over in in England have have gone back to back double headers. The girls don't ruin the pitch, and this is the thing. You can play them beforehand. It's not going to wreck your yeah. wicket. And also, sometimes in England they play the Opposite. girl. Yeah, yeah. The, the girls are the main game, and the boys as the um, curtain raiser, which is yeah. really important. Crossy, he's with us too, thanks to APCO. Skip the queue with APCO app. With the APCO app, pay for petrol from the comfort of your car or pre-order food and drinks. This is Sports Day for Kia. The Epic has arrived, the all-electric Kia EV9. And Maccas, the Chicken Big Mac, is back at Maccas. Plenty more after this. Yeah, our news headlines tonight have been brought to you by the Spirit of Tasmania. Stretch out in freedom on board the Spirit of Tassie. Free from luggage limits, you can pack more into your adventure with the Spirit of Tasmania. Crossy, I'm not sure if you were listening the other night, but Bryce McGain sent the cricket world into a tailspin when I asked him a very simple question. Well, I thought it was a simple question. I asked him to list the 10 best uh, Australian test cricketers of all time, or 11, if Nathan Lyon was in there. He had Nathan Lyon at number 11. But who he put at number 10 literally had the cricket world in absolute stitches. 
Shane Watson at 10. Shane Watson. Shane Watson. Shane Watson's 10. At 10 in my 10. Yep. This is test cricket. And then Nathan Lyon at 11. I've got Nathan Lyon with 500 wickets at 11. Shane Watson ahead of Nathan Lyon. Yeah, I have. What's the reasoning for that? Because he was fantastic. He was a terrific player. And is his position opening the batting? No, no. But he did it. Yeah. And he did it really, really well. Wow, it's he, amazing. Shane Watson ahead of Greg he was Chappell. He's a phenomenal player. Ahead of Greg Chappell. I have him ahead of Greg Chappell. Bryce, I, re- I respect you entirely. And the, and the feedback on social media has been mixed, it would, it would, it would be fair to say. Yeah, it's probably 80-20. Which way? things are 80 against, yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> so, Crossy, I'd love your list, please. Have, have you got Shane Watson in the mix? Definitely don't have Shane Watson. <laughs> you in would have thought about him strongly, oh. though. It's strong consideration. He's probably yeah. in the second 11, maybe the third 11, I reckon, <laughs> but he's not in my first 11. All right, all right. Give us uh, from number one. So I've just gone guys that I, I've actually seen. So Chappelle, bad luck, didn't make my 11 either. Uh, I had Bradman, so one KV. I don't know, I I know you were 80. Yeah, didn't see Brad, Bradman play, but I'll put him in. Okay. So I had Bradman, Warren, Ponting at three, Border at four, McGrath five, Steve War six, Gilchrist seven. I had Nathan Lyon at eight. Mm. Uh, Smith at nine. And then I couldn't split these two, Hayden and Warner. I thought for me, Matthew Hayden... And David Warner opening bats, presence about them. One mm. average fifty, one average forty-four with a bit better strike rate. So ten and eleven for me. Interesting. Hayden had a better record overseas in he India. He solved the India paddle, didn't yeah, he? he Puzzled, did. didn't he? Two thousand and one was amazing for Hayden. But Imagine Warner's him impact. Playing IPL. IPL, Haydos would have just swept everything. Yeah. It would have been unbelievable. Big Dost. That's a good list, Crossy. I'll have to unpack it properly later. Shame there's no Shane Watson. That would have made things really interesting. Another list that I asked you to come up with, because you are, of course, a former wicketkeeper and, an, and a very um, high-profile one at that, given you won the Australian Under-19 World Cup about 21 yeah, years ago. Who was ago. in that Under-19 team? Mate, we had a good, we had a good side. So Cameron White captained that. Uh, Sean Marsh, George <laughs> Bailey, Mark Cosgrove, mm. uh, Bo Casson, Xavier Doherty. A lot of guys wow. wanted to play. Daniel Christian was in the, the squad, couldn't make the team. No wonder you won it. Uh, yeah, we, we, had an awesome, we had well, an awesome side. If you want to read a really good article about it, go to the Fox Sports. Just type in Fox Sports and uh, Oz on a World Cup 2002. You can see a big feature on that, Bryce, I reckon. A big feature, a good writer. <laughs> yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey Crossy, um, so your top seven wicket keepers in Australia, and I want just glove I want... Pure gloves. I don't care about their batting and their leadership. I want pure gloves. Yeah. Look, I, th- I think there's there's three and then daylight for me. So if, I, I genuinely think Carey at the moment is still nose in front of Inglis. Uh, so Carey one, Inglis two. I have Jimmy Pearson at three, who I think really almost deserves a, a test match. I'd love to see him play test cricket. He's, he's been such a, a good first-class cricketer. And then I really think there's daylight, and I think there's a bit of an issue um, in Australian cricket for, for wicket-keeping and glove work. But I guess after that, i got Harper at four, Nielsen at five, Jake Doran at six, and Matt Jilks at seven. Mm. So Thoughts, that, Bryce? Do we value the batting of the keeper much higher now? We've seen Adam Gilchrist, you know, I, I guess – Break the break the mold. Um, are we valuing their batting more than what we are their pure glove work? Yeah, definitely. And I think that the problem, and I keep coming back to this, there's no statistical way that we're actually analysing these weird keepers. You can't tell me. We can tell you that a, a fielder in baseball is a 95% or a 950 fielder. Uh, a gold gloveman might be a 98% um, fielder, whereas we don't have that in cricket. And I think it's one glaring statistical anomaly that we've got in the game that we can't statistically differentiate between wicket keepers. So we rate them subjectively rather than uh, statistically, and we look at the numbers. So and we you, only look at the numbers when the when they bat. 
yeah. with the bat, not their gloves. Not their gloves. I, I, I like where you're going here. This is exactly the sort of stuff that cricket needs to do. We're so stuck in, um, and even in T20 cricket, like seeing, you know, the same uh, overs, maidens, runs, wickets, you know, that just makes no sense it, it, when you're playing the game. But from a keeper's perspective, their efficiency is an efficiency rating. Is that what you're suggesting? Yeah, I, I think there's something there. I think there's an efficiency rating, but then there's also... Can that wicket keeper take the half chance? Can that does that wicket keeper take all the hundred percent chances? Does he does he miss run out opportunities? There's different things in baseball. The scorers actually judge if that's an error or if it's not. Yeah, uh, we don't really do that in cricket. And I think so. Ca- so, can you come up with a framework for us? I mean, what are you yeah. looking at most? Is it chances missed? Is it that simple? Yeah, I think it's chances missed. I think it's yeah opportunities missed versus opportunities taken. How far can you go? How can you change the game? Do you get up to the stumps and change the game? Um, yeah, there's there's some big ones. We, we've seen Test cricket over the over the journey have some major stuff ups, and we just keep rolling on. Yeah, a couple of text messages. Yeah. Uh, Tim Payne could come out of retirement now, and he would it'd be the instant number one. He was so far ahead of everyone else. Uh, what do you think of that? Yeah, to- totally agree. T- Tim Payne for me over the last twenty years has been the probably. <coughs> For me, he's been the, the most beautiful gloveman that we've had, um, probably since Darren Berry and Wade yep. Seckham yep. for me. Um, but Adam Gilchrist changed the game. The batting became more important than the gloves. Josh Philippi? Yeah. Josh Philippi's got a bit of work to do with the gloves. I know he's, he's working hard on it, but he's a, he whacks them with a stick, but just misses too many easy chances for me. So again, statistically... If we see it, I would say he'd probably be about an 85. Yeah. Whereas you want your test wicket keeper at 97, 98. Yeah, okay. So if 10 is Steve Smith in terms of stability and likelihood to be selected and one is someone who's about to be dropped from the test team, where's Alex Carey? How safe is he in that test team batting at seven and being the wicket keeper? With Josh Inglis now the first choice ODI wicket keeper. Yeah, look, I think he's smack in the middle. I think he's about a five. Yeah. I think if he can get runs, he'll he'll buy himself that time. Uh, but if he doesn't get runs in what everybody is saying is a bit of a weak summer of Test cricket, if he doesn't get runs in this summer, it could be uh, he could come under some scrutiny. What are your thoughts on the upcoming uh, Australian women versus Indian women? Um, I guess multi-format series as a one. Oh, this is brilliant. Yeah, there's a one-off test that starts tomorrow, three p.m. Australian time, India versus Australia in India. And it just speaking of wicketkeepers, Bryce, it just strikes me as an amazing thing that Alyssa Healy is going to open the batting, be the wicketkeeper and be the captain. Now, Adam Gilchrist did it as a stand-in in 2004. It's a big workload, isn't it? In a test match. Yeah. Like, that's that, that's going to be quite remarkable. It's it's going to be hard work. Australia have the potential of playing four spinners in there. Um, so that, it's going to be incredibly difficult. Up to the stumps, it's up and down. Uh, this is excellent. This is what women's cricket need. I know this, this, they're just sliding in these test matches, but an Indian test match in India for the women is exactly what this cricket needs. What are you watching out for in India, Crossy? Yeah, I, I, obviously looking out for that. But Talia McGrath, I think she's been um, sort of flown under the radar, become the new vice captain. But um, with Meg Lanning stepping away, Someone like Talia McGuire has now just a massive workload. She's got great numbers um, over there as well. She'll she'll come into her own. So I'm I'm looking forward to her. With the ability, the spin is enabled because we have these amazing all rounders. Yeah. Uh, Sutherland as well, um, Belsey Sutherland. So um, and and McGrath. So it, it allows. Elise. Yeah, exactly. And uh, <clears throat> uh, you've done some work with with Elise though last year and Elise Perry. We're talking about yeah. and. Um, 
tell us a little bit about that and how she goes about her career. Yeah, look, she, she's amazing, really. I, I've watched Elise Perry's career from the start. I was friends with her manager when she was about 15. Yeah. So um, I've sort of seen her the knock on the door and people said, there's this girl coming through who's going to be amazing. And I watched her the whole way through, got to work with her the last couple of years with Victoria. She's as close to an Olympic athlete as I've ever seen a cricketer. Gee. She works as hard as you can work. She does her thing. She doesn't miss anything. She's, um, she's incredible. She's such a role model for not just young girls and women and cricket, but just cricket in general. She's, she, the way, if we could put Elise Perry into the majority of cricketers out there, um, will be a very, very good country for a long time. So does Australia win this series? One test match and then three ODIs and then three T20s. So it spans from December 21 to January 9. And traditionally, Australia have been stronger than India in women's cricket. But in those conditions, it makes things hard. Yeah, the conditions, it does. Really familiar for the Indian team. And uh, they will be up, certainly up for this. This this a big opportunity. But Australia, this is... Um, this is all new. New. It's so exciting. I'm Alana really, King. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, Alana King, and she's doing terrifically well. Uh, Georgia Wirrams uh, in in the mix. Um, but look, it's uh, Alana King's been terrific, and as a young player coming across uh, from Dandenong across to Paran and, and working with her, and what what she does do is spin it so much more than many. Well, any any girl at that time, we uh, they did some ratings with with Cricket Australia. They went around to all the states, and they had the spin track man up, and yeah. and they. Um, and John Davidson was there and he was writing oh, yeah. down the numbers. And Davo said, oh, oh, well, that's – and I won't mention the numbers, but it, I'll just put an asterisk next to it. We'll just check the machine. The machine's all right? Yep, okay. We go against your bowl to next ball. And he's, he's like, are you serious? And I, I was just standing there going, yeah, this is it. What is that revs on the ball, is it? Revs on the ball. And that allows her to drift and drop and so really spin the ball. She probably spins it more than anyone else in the world cricket. It's going to be a good series, Crossy. Yeah, great series. It's always good. I think it's, it's I think it's 1984 the last time we've played a red ball game in yeah. the, the women have played a red ball game in India, so or in the subcontinent, I believe. So mm. um yeah, really looking forward to it. You got some feedback on the text machine, the temper text machine here, Crossy. Wow, I really think you underestimate Kerry's keeping ability. It's daylight to second. So this this person thinks that uh, Kerry's still number 1. Um, I don't think Alyssa Healy will be opening, says uh, 984. Phoebe Litchfield and Beth Mooney will probably open. That would make some sense as well. Wherever you put Alyssa yeah. Healy, she's going to be good. And Phoebe Litchfield, well, I know she's arrived, but she is the next big thing in Australian women's cricket, isn't she? Yeah, Phoebe Litchfield, I guess, just like Elise Perry, we've all sort of heard that she's coming through. And uh, now, again, with Meg not there, it's as a 21-year-old to step up and, and fill the massive boots of Meg Lanning. Yeah. What if there's another text here? Um, just going back to the BBL. G'day lads. When the wacker is upgraded, should the BBL and international cricket be played at the home of cricket in WA? So do we prefer cricket at the wacker or at the new Perth stadium? Do you think? I prefer it at the wacker. Yeah. I've got to tell you. I love the wacker. Yeah. yeah loved it. The, the, the crack, the, that crack down the middle of the last test match was very wacker like and very Perth like, but the wacker just ha has something about it and, I would have a Australia v England at Optus because you want to pack it in. You yeah. want that. But for the, the boutique size for Big Bash and, and so forth, you'd fill it out every time. Yeah. There's no doubt the furnace, um, it was a, a real hostile environment to go and play and difficult and the conditions were so hard. Yeah. The Melbourne Stars aren't playing much better cricket at the moment, are they, Crossy? Oh, well, <laughs> they really need to do something, don't they? Look, they haven't had it all their own way with some of the injuries, but yeah, they just don't, they haven't looked like it. They haven't looked anywhere near it, which is a real worry. Yeah. Is it anyone's fault in particular? 
I don't think so. I think Glenn Maxwell and Marcus Stoinis hold the key to it, but there's just so much pressure on those two that everyone else around them, you, you look at them on paper, that there's some serious players around them. So, uh, look, we're only a couple of games in. I'm sure they'll they'll get it right, but there's some early season pressure on the stars. But it hasn't changed from what we've seen in the last few years. It's, mm. it's kind of been the same. They're kind of playing the same roles. I was maybe expecting Peter Moyes to... Shake it up a bit. Yeah. Shake up the players a bit. No, Taylor suddenly, Swift, shake suddenly, it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's a different role. Different role for you now. You know, it might be Cartwright right to the top. And, yeah. you know, just try something that is going to be different. Yes or no? Did you ever wicket keep in short sleeves, Crossy? Never. Love <laughs> Seb Gotch, but never did. Ask, ask for a yes or no, not an explanation. Crossy, appreciate your time. And uh, we'll check out the brand bar online. Adam Crosswaite here. Our chat with Crossy has been the for the good oil for Cobram Estate, Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil, grown, harvested and first cold pressed in Northern Victoria. There is more Sports Day after this.